I don't know whether it's uh, an intentional thing or whether it's just uh, luck of the draw or what's going on there, but whatever Andrew's got going on for his backdrop there, that sexy brickwork, and I can't, it's like, it's like, like an MTV video shoot. Like, that's fucking... It's like a studio, right? Yeah, it's sexy. It's like it, Yeah, it's hot, man. Andrew actually lives in a squat with like 18 other dudes. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, he looks all like crammed right behind it too. He has his sleeping bag in the fireplace. <laughs> yeah, I'll, give, I'll give you guys. I'll give you guys a quick tour. Too, oh, I love it. Do it. Yeah. So that we got like the down. Uh, so I live downtown Lansing, and then so we got the windows and ceiling, and that is the TV with the nerd shit. There's a dog somewhere over there. Is that uh, the Instagram star kid. dog? Yeah. Which dog is it? Penny. The one that doesn't hate you. Yeah. Yeah. Don't worry, Penny. The one that hates you. She's she's not she's not for long. She's not around anymore. No, she's but she she won't be for long. It's been. Oh, (laughs) that's still kind of sad, I guess. I mean, yeah, she's had a good life. It's just tough because, like, I don't know how it is. Arizona is there like now? You can dine into restaurants. I don't or think so, not yet. Still, okay, so it's still like stay-home orders and shit, right? Yeah. For like another week, okay. yeah. Yeah, ours is the end of month, but like the crazy thing is, is if anything drastic happened with uh, Molly, the, with the order, you can't be in the same room like in the vet. You have to just like curbside drop off your dog. Yeah, yeah. Actually, I was driving down Blackledge the other day, and uh, this oh, veterinarian was... Uh, like at the car with her mask on and everything and like literally took the dog from the car yeah um and brought it in yeah yeah i had to get him a they had a checkup uh during the whole covid time and that's all it was it was like curbside dog drop off like here take this Whoa. go do what you got to do yeah i wonder she, if it's been that or yeah right hey i know we wanted to kind of steer away from the covid stuff because i mean we've all been talking about it but i don't think we've gotten a good update at least i haven't you guys like like what how you doing, Andrew, man? Like, what? I just give us a quick update on, on what you've been dealing with there, what you've seen, that kind of stuff. And then I've got one one follow up question for everybody on uh, uh, COVID. A bunch of fucking idiots. Sure. Um, you know, I, I working and living in downtown Lansing is mid Michigan, and the, there's home to a lot of very intelligent people, and uh, they like to celebrate that they shouldn't be at home. Yeah, that's pretty much all that's like changed in terms of like what i've seen for covid i you know moving up here uh by the way really good to be back in michigan um job's pretty good i hate this contingency job stuff that i'm doing right now but it is what it is what are you doing Uh, so i'm a team lead for uh, a group of people that manage calls that come in from auto groups so ford chrysler gm and then like if your company has over a thousand employees we're the line. So I don't take calls. I manage the people that handle them. So normally on a day-to-day basis, it's actually pretty nice. Um, manage that shit. Yep. Yep. I'm, is, you know, everything I, that you guys taught me, I'm just teaching them. What, Kenny? My, my question is, what do you, what does your hair look like when you're at work? 
Uh, it's usually up in a bun, oh. or you know, I'll, I'll wash it. Like a man bun. It's the weekend, man. Yeah. Weekend. <laughs> so you. So, who who do or like you manage? the Carol, Lord of the Rings thing, where you know, <laughs> like the top who things you, there. Who do you manage with the top with the man bun? Like, what do you mean? Like, <laughs> people like who listens to you with a man bun? If you have a man bun, who's gonna let you manage them? No one ever that, like. When most of your employees think that you look like you want to place a shotgun in your mouth and pull the trigger, like, how do you actually teach them to do stuff? They just, they understand, right? Because I, I, like, bring it down on their level, you know? Gotcha. You know, I just grab their shotgun and, you know, put it in my mouth. I say, I'm here with you, too. Oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so here's, here's, here's one that I've been just dying to... I, we did that uh, Star Wars one last weekend, and then you know, and again, I want to kind of keep it more light, and but I, I just am dying to do at least one quick little segment on the creativity that is the stri- drive-through strip club in Oregon. <laughs> Can we just comment on it? I just, you know, I like let's. What other kind of crazy ass creative bullshit have you seen to overcome this? Because that, I that takes the cake. I told the buddy, I was like, I think strip clubs are dead forever. And then I saw that. Uh, logistically, how does that work? Have I mean, you not seen you the pay? pictures? No. It's, it's a, brilliant. It's like a tent, all right, uh, like gonna... an all-enclosed tent. <laughs> and, you, and you drive in, and there are strippers on. It's like two lanes of drive-in traffic. And then, and then you... And so then it... you... And, so it's and like at Disney, yeah. like it's a small world, right? Except <laughs> no animatronic with the strippers. Yeah, exactly. And you just kind of just look off to the side. Example of everyone. Okay. And then at the end, <clears throat> then you also pick up your order of, of hot chicken wings, nuggets. chicken nuggets, and glitter. Yeah. yeah, they do sprinkle glitter through your window, uh, just for the take home. Yeah, take like, away. Just like, Blow it in your face. <laughs> exactly right before you go. Thanks for <laughs> <laughs> So even though it's a drive through strip club, there's still no denying to a significant other where you were. Yeah. yeah. It's worse because it's in your car. Exactly. You can't do that shit on the down low. Like there's just no there's just no respect. Oh, there's but you Oh, you got to admire the the ingenuity, the business savvy that some guy was like, you know what? We'll put up a tent and they just drive through. You know, everyone's got to get back to work eventually. And <laughs> I, I feel like what better way than outside you got some like fresh air and, you know. Little Antonio back at home needs his pizza pockets. Yeah, right? little Antonio. Yeah. Jeez, dude, I, I, I wish someone would open up one here. I would go tonight, just for the experience, because that is absolutely some Blade Runner dystopia, end of the world shit. When they have drive-through strip clubs, I feel like the only strip club in Tucson that would have could have possibly pulled that off would have been Turbulence, and they're no longer with us. The, the airport drive drive up strip club. That's the only <laughs> that actually makes a lot of sense. There should be like any airport there should be drive up uh, strip clubs. Yeah. I yeah. did drive by that new one that you guys got out there. We didn't actually stop or anything, but I did drive by that new one that's out there on that side of town. I don't know what it's called. It's not the it's not the boat. Uh, 
at something else. Is the boat still a thing? Is the boat still a thing? It's still over there. I mean, it's a, you know, it's not functional. It's, I don't it's, think. it's still a boat. Yeah. Okay. And did you guys, have you guys seen anything else or anything that else, something else that kind of like blew your mind? Like, Hey, how did someone adapt business to this new world we're living in at least temporarily? I don't know. So, are you, so it, what is it for you guys? Like, do are people coming into stores, or is it all just like ship from store? They're trying really hard. Like, you I, can, I'm sure they you, are. It doesn't matter how many how many pages of notes you put up on your door with instructions and like details about what's happening, and they still they'll read it for thirty minutes, and then they'll still shake the fucking door. <laughs> <laughs> and you're just like, call like the universal <laughs> sign. You know, you're just like, call, just please call, and then they go. Can I come in? <laughs> no. No, no, you cannot. Oh, great. Awesome. I mean, that's the thing. Like, uh, this whole, like, group, we're still part of that, you know, essential workforce. We're so fucking essential. Yeah, most- totally. Dude, I don't know what the world would do without us. Without, without our, we're our, so fucking essential. I don't know what the world would do without Fear three on Xbox three sixty. So so many copies. It's <laughs> a good one. All right, cool. So moving on from COVID, then obviously it'll t- little taint or like color all of our discussions from here on out. Andrew, did you get a nose ring, or is that just the lighting? That's just the lighting. Oh, okay. Well, get a you nose ring. Have a nose ring. You right? should have a nose ring. Dude, nah. get a face tattoo next. <laughs> you kind of look like you should have a face tattoo. Yeah. Well, like, it's, it's also the, the quarantine. Just like where would Andrew get a face tattoo? Yeah, like I'm working under, from home. The, under the, he would he get the eyebrow? Uh, uh, yeah, yeah, the, yeah. A full eyebrow, like yeah. like Post Malone style. He or like just, a Tyson. Yeah, I think yeah. more of a Tyson. That's, yeah. A tribal eyebrow tattoo. <laughs> yeah. I feel like he would do the thing where he would like shave part of his head and then tattoo something under it and then kind of let it grow out. Like he doesn't want people to know that he has a tattoo all the time. Not, I don't think he cares about himself that much. No, really don't. This is so much fun. This is so much fun. Like a barcode or something. Kind of like shit like that. Kyle, Kenny, Andrew, what are y'all drinking tonight? Let's see if we can't get a sponsor here. <laughs> Jameson, Irish whiskey. Kenny? Uh, it's uh, Bacardi and, and uh, pineapple juice. <laughs> <laughs> I oh, did not wow. expect that tonight. That I did not. Is that, a, is that a bendy straw as well? Yes. <laughs> yes. Uh, uh, wonderful. What do you got, Andrew? Uh, this this broadcast brought to you by Yangling traditional <laughs> lager. So good, excellent. Welcome yeah. back. What'd you guys get for a shot? Everybody have a drink. Oh, I, going back to high school, feeling comfort. Ooh, bullet. You bullet Ooh. right. That's bold. I love Speaking. bullet. I wish you guys were here right now. But but we are. But I would touch I'm you in drink. a sexy way. We are in spirits. Yes. I'm gonna drink out of my. Oregon, the Beaver State. Hey. Well, they have drive through strip clubs. drive through strip clubs in Oregon. Mm-hmm. In the Beaver State. All right. Cheers. Is it like you remember Andrew? It is. Remember that time Andrew was brand new manager and he went like down those secret alleys to smoke dope with like people? Like they were like strangers. Remember that? 
Yeah, with and, <clears throat> he ditches uh, his boss the, on on the very first like night that she became his boss. He was just like, didn't give a shit. Later, <laughs> it's off duty guys. It's beautiful. Work. Off duty. All right, so you still, you still talk to that guy? Mm-mm. Huh. No, Tony. That was it, Tony. Tony. Yep. Tony. Tony. Hey, buddy. <laughs> Let me hit a flag. Okay, that means this is where we're going to bring it back in to the ruminations from Red Room. And we're not going to cover Corona tonight. We're just having a little bit of fun, having a good time. And uh, so you guys had a little moment away to have a shot. I think you So are you guys going to throw some shit out? Or are we going to go with the secret topic of the night? Why, why wouldn't we go with secret topic? Of yeah, the I don't know why the fuck I wouldn't say secret topic. Well, because maybe you have like something you want to talk about or maybe you, you know, maybe you just have like something you want to address, something you thought would be a really fun thing to talk about. Let's do this. The topic is the following. Original versus sequel, reboot, remake. Which is better? And why are why why are sequels better, or why, what what makes something that came after better? Is, is that hey, that kind of clarify? They are better. Yeah. Do you think they're better? Can you improve on the original? This, you're talking in all sequels, all reboots, all remakes. Well, for one, it's sometimes difficult to define or qualify what a reboot is, what a remake is. Um, obviously there's, there's a good little discussion on it. If you guys do the, the, uh, Kevin Smith thing, the Jane Silent Bob reboot, it's addressed in there. What's the difference between a remake and a reboot? But yeah, and it's kind of a vague kind of nebulous kind of discussion, but, uh, it was proposed to me by someone that sequels are better than the original and I could not disagree more vehemently. So let's throw it out there. Defend your position. Kyle. Are sequels better than the original? In some cases, yes. All this is going to be in some cases. All this is fair enough. So I have to take a definitive stance. You have to take a definitive stance. Like I would say uh, 75% better better? or better. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yes, I think Sequels are better. Sequels are better. <laughs> <laughs> Not in all cases. I don't know, man. Just no, it's in, never in all cases. Based on the uh, inner library of my brain, okay. I, I would say. Because okay. there's probably a lot of shit that I don't like actually know about that have worse sequels. But the sequels I'm thinking of, just off the top of my head, I would say, yes, they're better. Kenny? Okay, so the first thing that comes to mind is is sequels for Star Wars. I I consider Star Wars to just start in 1977 and then go from there. So sequels to me are episodes one, two, three, and then you know four, five, six, uh, or or uh, seven, eight, nine. So in that instance, no sequels are terrible. Sequels are getting progressively worse. <laughs> Rather, but but then again, like uh, I just I I just feel like there's so many different franchises that if you tried to analyze, you're gonna find instances where some are better, some are worse. There's not I don't know if there's a scientific 
I, I like I don't I don't know if we can mathematically actually come to a conclusion about that. Well, I don't think any of us here are really going to go with the math. Math or math? Math. Sorry. Math or math? Oh. Nobody here is going to like try and do it mathematically. So I, I get what you're saying. Um, mathematically. Mathematically. Mathematically, Andrew, uh, what are your feelings? Again, this is kind of a generalized statement. 75% or more, do you feel sequels are better than their original work? I'm with Kyle. I'd like give it that I really hesitant. Yeah, yeah, but I don't know. If it was at like 60%, I might be a little more okay with that. But yeah, for the most part, sequels are better. Really? This is really, this is good because I think I got like, Kenny and I are thinking are, are more on the same page and then you guys are on yeah. the same page. So let's let's take this, uh, then give me an example. Uh, Andrew, where you think a sequel exceeded its original work? Spider-Man. Raimi. Dude, 100%. Are you Spider fans? Yeah, Raimi, Spider-Man too. Really? So good. I got an even more obvious one. Terminator 2. Oh. Oh, well. Bad Boys 2. Oh. <laughs> it's way more obvious. Way oh, more yeah. obvious. Yeah. Terminator 2. If you want to pick out ones and twos, yeah. Like, so Aliens is better than Alien, right? Mm-hmm. Duh. Like, that's like. Ken makes a good point. Ken makes a good point. It's absolutely yeah. better. Ken's arguing yeah. against you know, himself right now. Jim Cameron movies. Well, right there, he's not, though. He's not. Because sequels could be a sequel of a sequel of a sequel, and Terminator Three sucks. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Like Terminator Three is hot garbage, hot garbage. So you you so. propose you 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 posit that like the the second yeah, if we're specifically talking the second the film, second film is going to exceed its original. Yeah, right. If we bring into trilogies, you know that's that's different. Trilogies or franchises, right? But in a second movie sense. You know what? That's a yeah. really good qualifier. So now we narrow the focus. We we decide that it's there's an original film and then the second film. And I'm because and to give it to Kenny's perspective, I'm also thinking Star Wars: A New Hope sequel. You know, Empire Strikes Back. Yeah. Damn, you guys are making so, some good arguments. Good arguments. That's how I'm. You know, I, my perspective of this. I guess. Sequel. I guess you could also argue that Star Wars as opposed to being a uh, a sequel, is more of just like a universal setting. And then, yeah, and then other people just interpret stories from that universe, you know, and they don't all have to necessarily be, you know, sequential, you know, but right. but I, I don't know. I It's just such a, I just don't, I don't inherently believe that everything is going to be better because it's the next one. I actually, I actually think the opposite. I think, um, I think that one of the reasons that m- movies have just—I I feel like movies have just gotten worse over the years—is just that humanity has had its chance to tell every story that it's wanted to tell, and that started, you know, 150 years ago, thousands of years ago, even like the the best stories are already told. You know, and and now we're just like hearing the worst stories, and everyone will get a good one, but they just get worse. Like, every, I, thanks, I've already heard that story. Isn't that the point of a reboot, though? Because like, for somebody who was born twenty years ago, ten years ago, they didn't hear the stories that we might have heard already, 
right? Okay. So, so let's talk reboots then. Yeah. yeah no, that's a reboots. really that's no, no that's no, a no, fantastic. Let's actually talk reboots. Yeah, let's talk I think reboots. most reboots are not as good. Why though? Really? Why? Why though? Why are they not as good? Does anybody have any examples of okay. good or bad reboots? Let me give you an example though that comes immediately to mind for me. What like a reboot versus like a remake? So for example, this and we're, and we're staying in the realm of cinema. You have Superman, Dick Donner, and then you have Man of Steel, Zack Snyder. That I feel is a reboot. That's not a remake. Clearly, so. I think that depending on the vision of the person who's, quote, rebooting it, they can take everything that was good. It's like when you do anything. It's like you take everything that was good from that first effort, and then you add to it, and then you can improve upon it. Life, human experience, is built on evolution, right? I mean, we're, we're the dominant species on the planet because we've evolved. So why not our art evolve to be better as well? Because we... Our like vision and our creative art is, um, it's based off what we're influenced on from the past. So it kind of like, it kind of bleeds through, I think. But like some people do it better and some people do it worse. I actually think Man of Steel is a pretty good movie, but I think that's kind of where it stops. Um, I thought Man of Steel was really good, and then everything after that was kind of shit. Right. Totally but fair. I, I would, I would go to bat that. To say that, that like Man of Steel is a good movie. So give us another example of a reboot, Kenny. I mean, so like I look at like we we're so quick to like reboot horror films and stuff like that, like Pet Cemetery. Uh, so bad, by the way. So, so bad. bad. <laughs> oh really? It's just, so bad. So bad. It's just mm. such a. It, 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 it to me it seems like that's really all it is is that it's trying to retell a story that maybe someone hadn't heard before. Mm-hmm. And in that sense, I just feel like there's just a cash grab to it. Like what? Just go, just go watch the original fucking movie. Like, I don't know why we have to make another one. I can, I agree with you there. Yeah. I just feel, I feel like there's so much of it that we just, is it's, it's unnecessary. If you're not going to tell the story in a more compelling way or change the visual aspect of it, or you're going to just do something you know, different, inherently different. There really isn't a reason to retell that story. You know, like just thinking about like, for example, uh, your perspective when it comes to music and things too, Kenny, and and the audience is not as familiar with it as I, but looking to the past and understanding what came before, um, a lot of younger generations don't do that though. They don't have that wherewithal to, look back at what came before and appreciate that. So you're saying why remake it when you can go watch the original, why reboot it when you can watch the original. And the problem is like, they don't go back and do that, which is really sad because right now with the digital world that we live in, with the streaming world that we live in access to those original source materials is, has never been so readily accessible. Right. You know, so why not go back and check it out? Andrew, what about you? Um, I had two things. So the first was like with Kenny's point, uh, a really obvious one: Willy Wonka and the Charlie, Willy Wonka Ooh. and the Chocolate Factory, Charlie and the Chocolate call. Factory. Call, nice call. Unnecessary. Like, please, let's let's forget about that one. There. Um, was this then, was, was it good? Was the reboot good? No, the Johnny Depp one. No, no. 
No. You don't beat Gene Weidler. They are Netflix plug right now. They they are both on Netflix right now, so you can make that decision for yourself. But not great. Um, but then the the other thing was, um, what about kind of bringing them both together and doing it like a reboot in the same continuity of the world that was set in place beforehand? So, I like that. Like Force like, Awakens. Yeah, or like um, the new Ghostbusters mm-hmm. coming out. So that is, I think, what Bankman's kid. So like everything happened before, but we are now so you know worlds generations apart from what happened that like this is it's new. Yes. I see so <laughs> what does that? So what differentiates that between like a sequel and a reboot thing? Because it's technically a sequel to the original movies, right? I would say mm-hmm. that's a sequel. Not a reboot. Yeah, I guess we're talking about like sequel or direct sequel, I guess. Okay. That's how we're going to have to differentiate that. Franchise. Is it a sequel? sequel? Like, so... It takes place in the same universe, right? It takes place in the same universe at, you know, at a a time later down the timeline, but what... I mean, I... Would the Avengers be a sequel to Iron Man? So The Force Awakens came out like... The Force Awakens came out like 15 years. Or technically, w- w- when did Return of the Jedi come out? 86? No, so, 80, 80, 83, 83, 84. 83. So The Force Awakens is a sequel to Return of the Jedi. That came out 30, 40 years later. <laughs> so like, but th- that's my point. Is it, 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 is it even a, a sequel or is it or, or a prequel in the Star Wars trilogies, if you, if you want to talk about that? Because like, really, it's, all, it's telling the same stories. It's the exact same story. It's just this guy gets this power and then he becomes bad and then this guy becomes good. It's, I mean, ultimately, it's very similar stories. Well, that's just know. bad writing. But, <laughs> but it does take place after a specific IP, like prior to that. But yeah, what I hear I what you're think, saying. What I think Ken is kind of tapping into there is that whole uh, – idea of the story of the, the hero the hero's journey and it's kind of a repetitive thing and we've we've told all the stories and how do we renew those stories because it's the same story like what new stories are there to tell you know Mitch, I, mean, I, never, I never had a chance to ask you about like last jedi uh are you do i tread lightly with that movie or about last jedi yeah. okay well, well well um first of all just as a plug for the ruminations uh subscribe and rate wherever you can because clearly andrew has not you could tune in to the last episode we published on may the 4th for our take on the uh, end of the skywalker saga well, excuse <laughs> me i know what i'm doing after this podcast <laughs> look man like last jedi i thought was really good as a star wars movie but not as a sequel a part of the sequel trilogy or as part of the uh, skywalker saga not just as a film as a film, it had some of the most beautiful, most like impressive, like moments. And like Ryan Johnson, he does good work. There's no, how do you get around the fact that the guy does good work? But he, he messed with my Star Wars, man. Oh my god, Kyle! Kyle's got a, a Elon Musk thing going on right now. I thought it was more Bane, but where are you going for, Kyle? What was that? So Andrew, what are your what are you, what about you? You didn't get to weigh in on that episode. So how about yourself? I mean, Last Jedi. I mean, we're talking two movies ago. It's really interesting that you picked that one to Wait, kind of no, hone no. in on. What's, what's the newest one? Rise of Skywalker. Rise of Skywalker. Skywalker. 
Yeah, oh, well, see, now the question changes. <laughs> yeah, no, that's, that's what I meant. That's what I meant. I, I'm, we I'm, actually uh, talked about, I think, uh, the other one. In the four-hour episode of Doom? No, I was in a different one. Was well, it a different I one? Out, yeah. I, I forget which one it was, though. Oh, so maybe you actually did get published. We cool. talked a little bit about Star Wars. Yeah, yeah I bet. Yeah. yeah. No, and and I'm pleased with I'm pleased with the end, if not uh, in exactly in execution, at least in the fact that it's done. And it's time to move on. Amen to that. <laughs> My mommy made me yet. a Star Wars blanket. Oh, did she? Yeah, like, she did she knit it herself? She uh, she made it for me for my fourteenth birthday, and uh, it's knit. Yeah, it's a quilt that she made for me because I was yeah I'm a what, Star Wars. What, wait, what numbers are those? So <laughs> what we're saying basically is if we go ahead and break down the difference between <laughs> a reboot and a remake and a sequel. That is going going to inherently affect the quality of the product. Only to the person that originally watched it, though. I think. Mm-hmm. I think I see. That's my argument. Is I don't think it's to the person who watches it. I think it's to the person who it's catered to. I think we make we don't make movies for but that's the thing. The remakes aren't catered to you. Yeah. Exactly. Obviously. Yeah. <laughs> Obviously. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's not working. <laughs> But that's that's I feel like such a a huge part of the industry now is that it's all about catering to the widest audience. We make movies that aren't, you know, what they should be. We make movies for what they, you know, for for the you know the capacity that could actually watch them. I think I think like movies. I mean, the the Marvel universe is such an easy one, but like Deadpool, uh, Deadpool should have just been. It should have been uh, more of like Kill Bill, and I feel like it was tamer in a sense. Or um, I, I feel like the Venom movie should have just been the most fucking gnarly bloodbath of fucking insanity, and you know. But that's the part of the problem is that we just have to we we feel like we have to cater to the largest audience, that includes twelve year olds and thirteen year olds and. You know, and that's fine, I guess, at the end of the day, whatever. So, uh, real quick, let me just throw this out at you again, like, and in, to the group. So, if let's let's distill it down to this: Do you feel like filmmakers? Because again, we're kind of like focusing on film. Do you feel like the reboot and the remake is the film equivalent of someone doing a cover song? And should you do it? Do you bother? Why? What makes a good cover song? And does it apply here? Fuck covers? No, I fucking love covers. Okay, cool. So so hit me with that. So your kids, for example, have never heard, uh, you know, shit, I don't know, uh, Paranoid from Black Sabbath. Uh, Megadeth covers that. And then even they covered that 20 years ago. So where do we go from there? I feel like, I feel like the, maybe the, the difference is that there's there's an homage to covering a song. A, a, a cover, most I think most good covers aren't playing it exactly key for key, instrument for instrument. I mean, I think the some of the best covers that I've ever heard are are uh, you know bands that just really respect the the band that they're they're paying kind of an honor to. And you know, I still think I I I love the song, but um 
Hollow Be Thy Name uh, from Iron Maiden, I still think the Cradle of Filth version is so much better. I would so much rather rather listen to Cradle of Filth play that song. But, you know, that's... I think... I don't know. I feel like that's different. I feel like that's different. I, I feel like that's a, more about honoring the a, the original than it is making, you know, a, just making a new... I don't know. I, I feel like sequels are in the movie and the film industry and the TV industry are just so much more cash grabby. Yeah. I think that, that my analogy is flawed for sure. Um, and, and basically in what you just said there, the difference between like homage versus like just a cash grab, because yeah, definitely uh, there are some covers out there that are like kind of elevating the original work, paying respect to the original work. Whereas maybe a sequel sometimes can just be the, the cash grab. Uh, Andrew, Kyle. Mm, I don't, it depends because there could be, it might not be a cover per se because the original may have laid down groundwork for the environment or the backstory or, you know, this certain port, this certain area. And then the reboot kind of elaborates on that certain thing. I wouldn't say that that's necessarily a cover. That's a, an, well, and then I, like, even if I say that's just an adaptation, like, isn't that what a cover is? But that's just kind of how I feel about it. But in a way they are, covers but it's it's tough to make that analogy between music and movies just how i feel i know with sorry go ahead i know with uh movies in particular i think ken uh what he said paying homage like and kind of a little bit what what andrew was saying is that you have a foundation and you build upon that i think that's different than just changing the foundation altogether and uh, a good example is the Evil Dead remake. Um, I think the Evil Dead remake is actually better than the original, and that's like super crazy in the horror universe because everybody's like loves Evil Dead, and I love Evil Dead, but I actually think the remake is better than the original movie by Sam Raimi. Um, but Sam Raimi liked it so much that he actually produced it and backed it and paid money to like actually have it funded, and. Uh, they're making a sequel. So uh, like, I think there's people that are growing up that like, uh, have appreciation for, you know, that thing that they were into and they were younger and they have something they could add to it. They could build upon the foundation. Okay. Um, I'm magical. Okay. Evil Dead, well, evil dead Two like reboot rebooted, um, Ash and like, yeah, how he was as a character. Yeah, sorry, I, I just finished Ash vs. Evil Dead, and that was fucking amazing. It's good, right? Yeah. Can we all vote that we bring that back somehow? Uh, yeah, it, or, it, know, it won't happen. But Sam Raimi is directing the new Doctor Strange, which is going to be, which really? is going to be interesting. Yeah, he's directing new Doctor Strange. So the director of Evil Dead be doing that. But no, uh, there is a, a director who remade the original Evil Dead, who doesn't even yeah. speak English. He only speaks Espanol. And, uh, yeah, dude, like, they had a translator there the whole time while he was making it, but, dude, it's it's so good. It's, in my opinion, better than the original Evil Dead, and I have a very high respect for the original Evil Dead. But, um, I was just complimenting Ken and Andrew's points, but that's it. I love Sam Raimi. That's a Michigan props right there. Yeah, that's true. 
Sure. If you yeah. watch actually some of the original, the first couple Ash vs. Evil Dead uh, episodes, um, a lot of their props are or costumes are Michigan State. Well, actually, yeah, in the original Evil Dead, Ash is wearing that. If I remember correctly, he's wearing the Michigan State University. And yeah. Raimi did Coraline, right? No. Who he did Coraline? Uh, if I can't was wearing the director. I can't remember the director, but he didn't do Coraline. That's not Burton? No, no. Coraline? It, it was made to be like Burton. It's it Neil Gaiman, like though, Burton, right? But I don't know. Okay. Hmm. I don't know. I'm pretty sure that was Mitch Proctor. Right. I'm pretty sure not. I think if I remember correctly, that's who that was. The the idea of the cover song versus the cover movie is really interesting to me. And I'm not sure exactly, and you'll have to forgive me in not being able to articulate this properly, but I feel like that is a really fertile ground to discuss because of the whole remake reboot thing. And um and something Kyle said, and I don't remember what it was, kind of triggered something in me. And the idea of like, well, and again, I think Kenny echoed this a little bit too. It's like, well, why not go back? Why not go back and and watch the original? Why are these? Why do we need to reimagine or reintroduce um, youngsters or new generations to something that was already good? I mean, obviously, it's good enough that we are repeating it. And the first thing that comes to mind is, hey, man, like a bourbon and coke, that's good. You should try that. Or like a peanut butter and jelly sandwich, that's good. It gets passed along for many years for a reason. And so if if Black Sabbath's Black Sabbath is good, then why aren't kids listening to it? I grew up listening to the influences of the, the modern day bands that I was listening to. All right. So I was checking out, okay, Metallica, who'd they listen to? You know, and okay, and who'd they listen to? So why are why are why do we need to remake things so often and you know um, for younger audiences? Why can't they just go check out the original? Is it just about visual expectation because graphics have gotten better, visual effects have gotten better? Why do we need to remake things for a younger generation? Why are they not digesting it the way they should from the original piece of work? I so I, I you have I, kids, Ken. Yeah, you tell us. I just I think that so much of it is financially driven. Like we just have to have new things, and sometimes it's just hard to write a new story as opposed to telling an old. Like to, it's just so much easier to just like take that old story and like oh just put a new twist on it. Like uh, make make the bad guy a good guy. I don't fucking know. But do do you remember seeing um? Do you guys remember seeing the Transformers movie when you were a kid? When you were a kid, like through the actual fucking cartoon, like, like 80, the cartoon, yeah, like what, I don't know, was that eighty eighty nine or eighty eight or whatever? Yeah, life changing. I love that. I love that movie. It's it, it, that's my that's my favorite example. Every every single character that you love just fucking dies. Everyone's fucking dead. You, if you like this guy, <laughs> that guy's fucking dead. If you like this guy, that guy's fucking dead. Dead. But but again. It was a toy company. They didn't fucking know any better. They were just trying to make a new movie with a new line of characters that they could sell during the next, you know, Christmas season. And I think so much of it goes hand in hand with that. It's like, it's like we just we need a new marketing team. That marketing team needs to have this, you know, this social media profile. This, you know, there's 
there's so much of it that I think is, I don't, it's not a, it's, I, I don't want to say it's like a totally corrupt bullshit system. It's just that kind of ultimately what, how I always feel about, like every time something new and like polished comes out, I'm just like, it kind of detracts from why the original one was, was so like, what was everything wonderful about the original? I don't know. I think you're onto something there, especially with the Transformers. When you, when you talk about like properties that are aimed at children, and it's like, we got to make some new toys. We got to sell some new toys. Let's kill the old toys so that we can sell, instead of Optimus Prime, let's sell Rodimus Prime. And right. instead of, uh, you know, uh, Megatron, we're going to sell Galvatron. Right. Yeah. No, you hit on something there. I, I see you nodding along, Andrew. Um, weigh in, man. How you feeling? Who? Me? Yeah, you, man. Yeah, man, because you're also one who's, like, in touch with the the creative aspect of of the world that we live in. I mean, um, I think everybody here has got, like, that that, uh, through line. But uh, what else you you got to say there? I mean, you know, throw it back to Spider-Man. It's all all tied in the money, you know, and the licensing. You know, I don't think we ever had a need to do a lot of these things, but in the way that the world works... They got to, you know, or else the money goes to somewhere else. And who could stand for that? So I, I would say a, a, a vast majority of what we're getting now is just so that people can continue running their businesses. You know, that's that's really what it comes down to, because I, I think that it's not the industry's fault for having, you know, our kids or a younger generation look at the old movies. You know, it's it's their job to just keep producing shit to make money. You know, I don't think it's on them to dictate that. It's it's on us to show them that, hey, you know, this hot dumpster fire actually wasn't the way it's supposed to be. You know, check out this one. So it's just us remembering that where it was before, you know, where it came from. I think it's more on it's more on us to remember that this was where it was from than, you know, down the road, you know, make that the norm. That I don't know. It's all it's all just based on money. So in a world where everything's about money and uh, art seems to be going the way of the, the dinosaur if you will and a world where Kyle is just continually shopping for a TV when we're trying to do a podcast um and he signs out for like 20 minutes at a time. Uh, I'm here. I'm here. <laughs> have you have you tried by and large? They I hear there's a great deal on <laughs> I don't think it's I, I don't think it's necessarily all about money. I know it is about money. Well, when you're shopping it for is. a TV, sometimes it is. Are you shopping for a TV you know, for that room? Samsung's for the front room? Samsung's are, hey, Samsung's are nice. Man. QLED, what are you shopping for? You don't need a QLED. It depends. What do you want? Yeah. What do you want? Yeah. What do you, what do you, what do you, what, are, what are your needs? No, I'm come on. Tell us. What are you I'm shopping? I'm going back to the Spider-Man issue. <laughs> I'm going back to the Spider-Man issue. Okay. I'm going to go ahead and sure. mute you because that's how I feel about Spider-Man. <laughs> Why are we talking about Spider-Man? He's he's really on mute. No, I did not mute him. No, I did that. Uh, <laughs> All right, man. So, think, so what? I think a lot of it is obviously money. It's a business. Blah blah blah. Right? It's all business. But like, but at the same time, like, you choose to fall in love with the movies whether or not they were based off of money or not, right? So that's a directorial style that you gravitate to, right? So, like... Sorry, the, the, continue, Kyle. Okay, 
the Sam Raimi Spider-Man's preach, sister. <laughs> no, right, preach. <laughs> <laughs> Sam Raimi's Spider-Man's I mean I'm right there with you man I just I think that's the best Spider-Man ever told on a widescreen I think it's heart-wrenching I think it's awesome I think it's I'm not saying that the acting is the best obviously but it's a product of its time and but whether or not it's based off of making money or not they have to make the decision to hire a certain visionary to make a certain vision and they chose to hire sam raimi to make that vision and we fell in love with that vision so they obviously know what they're doing whether or not it's about making money or not i also think it's kind of maybe maybe there is a little bit of heart in it right like maybe these executives that are making millions of dollars also kind of think that you know what i i kind of like this too this is kind of dope I like what he's pitching, right? Because they could hire anybody. So it's probably a product of its time. Everything's a product of its time, but I think that there's more to it than just money. We can actually stick to Spider-Man to give you that perfect example because we got the Garfield ones. We got bitches. We have licenses. And then we now have the um, new ones, which are more, you know, reboot to be in line with a vision. That's the whole, you know. Feige vision. Yeah, Feige vision. I was going to say, though, Mitch, this is perfect for Mr. DC here. Batman. Like, we've got the Nolan trilogy. Now we're going to have, you know, some Robbie P, which I love him from the lighthouse. But we're talking about Edward Cullen, you know, mm-hmm. our, our, our wonderfully <laughs> pasty white representative. What? You know? Our, our? I mean, <laughs> yeah, do you see I love that you, man. Band? I miss like, you, man. Yeah, I'm us. <laughs> yeah so what's, what's your question? I mean, well, how do you feel about that? Like, how do you feel about the reboot? You know, like, it's a part of something that is always going to be an ever-changing cycle with superheroes. You know, I mean, how do you feel with that? And I don't want to go on record because I'm sure that I might be disproven, um, as were many, many fans who were really adamant against uh, the casting of Michael Keaton as Batman. But I got to say, as far as like like sparkly vampires, and um, as far as the DCEU goes... Um, you know, as, as a reader of comic books, I don't feel that the Marvel way is the only way the Marvel, the MCU. Um, I think DC is, is kind of bold in, in doing things like Joker and, you know, you can really branch out without having to have a connected universe while it's still kind of connected. Um, if your question is, how do I feel about Pattinson being cast as the bat? I'm not real confident. Uh, he does not look like Bruce Wayne to me. He does not look like the Bat to me. Um, I like some of the imagery that I've seen so far. Um, I, I don't know, man. I, I'm, I'm a DC kid. I really want the DC stuff to be successful. And I would love to... I, I was just really in love with, uh, with Affleck's Batman, quite frankly. I mean, I'm not going to like apologize for that, but... I like the older, grizzled... I don't need another origin story. I don't need young Batman anymore. I'm done with that. We've seen that. Give me more of the old, grizzled Dark Knight Returns Batman, and I will show up uh, money in hand. Okay. Was there a question? Did I answer it? 
<laughs> I mean, that, 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 I got what I needed. That, that's fine. Mitch just started spewing hate speech about, about shit, son. <laughs> There's no hate hey, speech. Hey, Mitch, have you seen the pictures of what the Batmobile looks like? A new Batmobile? That I fucking hot rod? That hot rod shit that they got going on there? It looks dope. Yeah, it looks, pretty good. it looks pretty good. It looks pretty good. It looks pretty good. And and you know what, Zoe uh, Zoe Kravitz, um, I'm excited to see her. And again, that does come from having watched High Fidelity, but I'm excited to see her in the roles. She's Catwoman, right? She's gonna be Selena Kyle. Yeah, I, I don't know. Yeah. When are we gonna get a Blue Beetle movie, though? Who? How come? How come we don't have a? How come we don't have a Brainiac movie yet? We so, did with Ryan Reynolds in the the Green Lantern movie. He was in it. I was just kidding. I just think DC is fucking stupid. <laughs> Dude, DC is not stupid. DC is is DC is the shit. DC built superheroes, son. Like Batman and Superman, most recognized superheroes on the planet. Take that to the bank. The best cool. part about DC is that they can just flashpoint anything. So. It doesn't matter what <laughs> I was really, you're right. They can flashpoint anything, and I think Flashpoint would be a great movie. I I don't know. Is the Ezra Miller going to happen? Robbie P. I think I I, it's got to be the only way if they're going to have everyone else in the cast and not have Affleck. Like, oh, that's kind of hot. I see what you're saying. So you go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. I know I was going to go that far. Well, you know that Ezra was in the TV show, right? You know what? I did not get to see that. That was a Crisis on Infinite Worlds, right? I didn't get a chance to check that. Yeah, and also kind of like you know Flashpoint. You know, I, well, fuck, I think, I don't, I don't think it's one of you guys, but like one of my friends is just like, I think they're also Flash fans. It's just, you just say that the Speed Force, you know, your answer is always the Speed Force. The speed it force. doesn't matter what your question <laughs> is. The Speed Force will answer that question. Did you so. watch Flashpoint, the animated movie? Oh, yeah. That was oh amazing. Oh, my God. That was bleak. That was where Batman's dad was Batman, right? Yeah, it was fucking brilliant. It was gorgeous. Yeah, he was the one that yep. It was yep. intense. We lost Kenneth, so let's go ahead and take it over on. Well, over he either went to get a beer or have a cigarette, and I was going to say that this is the only podcast from the Red Room that he could have a cigarette. I could put a tally in. Send me that file, because I do actually want to make like a tally of how many times Kenny asks if he could have a cigarette. Can I have a cigarette? <laughs> in the future, like, should you ever make your way over here to uh, any of y'all, um, there will be uh, smoking allowed in the red room because it is downstairs in a like uh, separate part of the house and everything. So, does Kenny um, have a DLP, a projection TV in there? Did I have a DLP? Are we are we taking shots or? I already t- I already took one. Paul took another one. Shit, yeah, yeah. Shots and welcome back. I gotta wait for Andrew to get back in his uh, racer chair. I wanted to know. We we were, I don't know how we got so so sidetracked. What's everyone's favorite cover song? Ooh, how- okay. Hey, you know what? Let's do that. Let's do everybody's favorite cover song, or at least close to. Um. Hey, well, since you brought up the question, Kenny, what's your favorite cover song? Uh, uh. So my my favorite band of all time is Leftover Crack, and they do a uh a uh, minute work cover and it's just excellent. Yeah, it's real good. You're going to have to add that to the soundboard and just, you know, add it for effect. So good. That's it. That's it. That's all. That's What's all the song? What's the song they cover? Uh, Land Down Under. 
I, I, and I'm sorry because too many beverages, but men at work, they've got the like uh, pyramid planter heads, head like hats, right? No, that's Devo. No, that's Devo. Oh, sorry. <laughs> Shit. Oh, sorry. Too many drinks. I saw Devo live, but I have not seen men at work. Devo is excellent, by the way. Yeah, great. Uh, great. Uh, so what makes it a great cover? Just, uh, it's just, a, it's, it's an energy that just, I think matches the original. Um, I think it plays homage to the original. They're just very widely two very different genres of music. Um, it's, uh, it's just a great, it's an excellent cover. I don't know. Okay. Andrew. I got nothing, man. I mean, I'm just going <laughs> to go ahead and throw out Ninja Sex Party. Uh, Cause they're just a really fun band and they have these albums that are called under the covers. And Sexy. they just do random covers. Yeah. So. Under the covers. Yeah. We'll yeah. give you some example. What's, what do they do uh, under they, the covers? It's dirty. See, under, under the covers, volume three, we've got, we built this city, um, you know, <laughs> owner of a lonely heart. <laughs> they got the safety dance on there too. Some men without hats. So it sounds yeah. a little, it sounds a little, uh, it, it sounds a little ironic. They just drop yeah, into yeah. like, okay, okay. Under, yeah, under the covers, because they're covering, you know, all those songs. But, yeah, I mean, I, I don't really... Oh, I get it. You guys, you guys get it? Yeah, yeah I get it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I don't actively... What was the one where it's like Somewhere Over the Rainbow, and it was like that version? And that's the only other like cover I can think of. Do you guys know what I'm talking about? What? Somewhere Over the Rainbow? Yeah. What about you, man? You got some favorite covers? I don't, but there's one that comes to mind. I don't really have any favorite covers. Most of the songs and bands I'm really into don't get covered, but one in particular is uh, Mad World uh, by Gary Jules. It's like a sad one. It was on the Gears of War soundtrack. Uh, I really... I really like that cover. That's the one that speaks to me the most. Why? It's like, uh, I don't know. It just it's, sad. It makes me cry. <laughs> it makes me. It makes me sad. No, um, I don't know. I just the first one's like very eighties. Obviously, who's it by? Tears for Fears. Is it by Tears for Fears. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, Tears for Fears. Yeah, yeah. Um, which is a great. It's great, but um. I think that the uh, connection it had with, I don't know, like it was just a t- like a time and place kind of thing. Like it just melded well with what I was visually watching and what I was into at the time. And it was like a pump up kind of thing. It was like a fucking, like you just, it got me amped for what I was watching and uh, it kind of just stuck with me. And then afterwards, uh, they just continued to remake songs and trailers for that particular genre. But yeah, no, that one is what I would say. Probably. That's, I don't know. Le- that's legit, man. Yeah. Like for example, Leonard Cohen's, um, everybody knows you guys, anybody familiar? Y'all know that jam yeah. Yeah. I do. at yeah. the beginning of, um, what is it? Justice league. There's a cover of that. And I feel that it falls completely flat 
the delivery of the artist, like I don't even know who it is, and I mean no disrespect, because I'm sure they tried their best or they were trying to like like deliver something. But for example, then there's another cover, and it's actually the first version I heard before the Cohen version was the concrete blonde version of Everybody Knows. Like if you know, you can cover something, but if you don't mean it, if you don't feel that shit yourself, then the cover's gonna fall flat. And um, I don't, I don't know what it is or what the X factor is involved, but uh, I believe that a cover can be great. I believe that a cover can not necessarily improve upon the original, but it can take that original emotion. It can take that original intent. It can, it can process it through the lens of personal experience, and uh, you know, and give back something that is kind of unique but in that same framework of that original work, right? You know what I'm talking about? You yeah, like me? Spider-Man 2. Yeah. Like oh, my Spider-Man God. Fucking... <laughs> like, yes, like Spider-Man 2. So if you guys haven't had a chance, go back and listen to Everybody Knows. Listen to the Cohen version. Listen to the Concrete Blonde version. And then listen to whatever that version is that's done by somebody who knows on that DCEU version. And and I would love to hear back next time we talk um, what you guys think about the emotion behind it. Like, you can try and replicate it, but if you don't feel it, you can't deliver it. Didn't, didn't Cohen die this year? You may have just broke Mitch's heart. That is going up on watch people die and die. Oh, shit. All right. So. I have a question. What's your question? Okay. Okay, okay. What's your question? So, Ken and Andrew, are you being preoccupied by doing something else? Because you're not. So it's fine. Um, No, I just Google whatever we're talking about. Okay. I love Andrew. I miss Andrew. I'm going to start a new topic. Do you guys have time for a new topic? Sure. Wait, can I? Sure. Yeah, because you don't have sure. to edit four hours worth of audio. It's sure. fine. Let's start a new topic. You ain't got to worry about that shit. I got it. I got it. I'll take care of it. No worries. New topic. Hobbit movies. Did you like them or no? What's one movie? What's one movie or video game that you could erase from your mind and watch it or play it over again, have no context, and just experience it for the first time? Who are you asking this to? Who is this question post? All right, well, Mitch, you seem like you have a very obvious response. I want to know Mitch's response. I, but I, but I don't because there's so many responses to that. Because yeah, you, know, you know how I know Mitch is really drunk. His sighs get real fucking long. <laughs> <sighs> <laughs> You guys gotta catch up. You guys gotta catch up. You guys are lagging, bro. You guys are lagging. Because it took so long between like getting you guys on, taking shots before you guys got on. Oh my god. Okay. Andrew gripping his PC with his man bun, dude. No, we're not doing this. (laughs) Just just fucking take a shot. (laughs) What do you think I've been doing this whole time? You can go back and edit it. I've got shots all the time. Dude, it's true. True. Okay, so what's your, what's your what's your I'm sorry, movie or video game that you want so, to that you want to erase and revisit? I'll rephrase the question. Okay, try again. Boop. Um, what is a movie 
or video game or maybe musical album that you could erase from your head and relive it like you've never heard it prior. No context, no nothing. You're experiencing it for the first time. I, I, so I think I have an answer. I, I don't know if it's uh, – so my answer is, is going to be uh, an album. And I think it's not because it's maybe the greatest album of all time. It's a great album, but, but <laughs> it's it's because the time that I heard it, I was mm. the most impressionable that I've ever been in my entire life. That would be uh, that would be the very first time I ever heard Nirvana, and it was in utero. And if I could go back and re-listen to the first time I ever heard start to finish the album in utero that was probably a very very important time in my life why i would say that album really kicked off kind of everything that i felt about ultimately about punk rock about about uh the lifestyle of punk rock about just kind of everything that was that was maybe the one time in my young life that i uh really thought like someone else had the exact same experiences as me i don't know that album was probably one of the the one times that i the one time i would want to go and and revisit experiencing that again nothing has ever affected me the same way Andrew, I'll go game route. That was awesome, man. That was like <laughs> shit. Goddamn. Okay, game route. Uh, modern times. There's a lot. I would say The Last of Us, though, is like uh, there have been few things game wise that's come out recently that's just like jaw dropped. I'm floored. You know, zero expectations coming into it. That will always stand up as one of the best, like, cinematic storytelling bits of gaming. Um, old school, though, like Super Mario World. Uh, that, just like with Kenny, you know, big time of impacting, you know, just shaping how I knew and played games. And, I mean, even now, we're kind of in this, like, retro kick. You know, like, I have a Switch game that came out last year, and it's all in that retro kind of style. So it still holds up to this day, and I would love to get that experience to play it all again. Damn, dude. Super Mario World. I remember like playing that on the SNES in my living room. Good. My dad bought the SNES, and I was just sitting there with the controller number two. At first, not playing anything, he would just like pretend like I'm playing something. He's like, you're doing great! And it was him playing the whole time. I'm like, oh, shit! I remember yeah. I got to like, at least like the second or third world, and I was trying to teach yeah. my parents how to do it. And yeah. I was just like, yeah, you're doing good like that. And that was the thing. Like we both had that kind of parent association with that game. It's just like, you know, family of like the first time, like it, you know, if you playing it, Oh shit. I just realized toy story on super Nintendo. Fucking that game was hard. <laughs> that game was such bullshit. That game was ridiculous. That game was ridiculous. Why did that game exist for children? It's just I don't know. bullshit. I don't know. There's super this Nintendo, super on that Mario game. World was actually the very first game I ever beat. I beat the very final boss of Super Mario World, and I couldn't even believe it. I freaked the fuck out, and I went to my sister's room because she used to have to help me with every level. 
and I went in there and I woke her up and I was like, oh my fucking God, I beat it. I beat it by myself. And she was <laughs> not excited for me. You know, like very like, thank, thanks. Get the fuck out of my room, please. And, uh, but yeah, that was a, that was a big deal. I still remember the first game I beat and that's, that's it. Nice. Okay. You know, it hurts that toy story game, super Nintendo. Yeah. The speed run on it is 21 minutes. I spent 21 minutes fucking off trying to figure out how to time my jumps in that game. Every every time I go to replay that fucking game. And how to get that, like, lasso time as well. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Get out of here. Bullshit. (laughs) Bullshit. And I remember the Christmas I got that. I, like, lost my shit. Oh, there's a cat. Um, I lost my shit because I thought, like, the game hadn't been released yet. And I was like, oh, my God, like, Santa's real. (laughs) Oh, fuck. I think Santa's real here. So, Mitch, a uh, property that you can go back, music, movie, game, anything that you can listen to and just... (laughs) (laughs) You know, Mitch gets serious. I'm going to... Exactly. I can't remember a second. (laughs) When Mitch gets real serious. Just when you're ready, you know. What is it, man? Hey, whenever you're ready. All right. Oh shit. Oh man, I inhaled some of that. Oh. Okay. <clears throat> because that question invokes so many things. Um there are too many things that we'd love to revisit, you know, for the first time, especially as we get older like myself. Like it seems like there's just too many things that I can answer. But as soon as you ask the question, one of the first things, maybe the first thing that popped to my mind was Faith No More's Angel Dust. And that album, I would be hard pressed to say, like, as far as like top five perfect albums of all time, that definitely qualifies. It is from beginning to end, like schizophrenic yet coherent and incredibly, like, visionary. I love that album so much. And the first time I heard it, quite frankly, I, I, it, it was like talking to God. And um, I'm not... Did we lose... Did we lose... Uh, what? Where's Andrew? He's Anyways, here. it was... Well, I can't oh. see him. But my oh, battery is dying. Um, he's frozen. Uh, yeah, well, no, it, was, it was... It was... It was revolutionary to me. It was evolutionary. It was visionary. And I'm not saying that Faith No More is like on my top three, top five of all time, but that album is and should be studied, and everyone should listen to that because it is it is brilliant. It is unafraid to explore the things that make art worthwhile. Like, if we're going to be here, then fucking Angel Dust. That album is why we're here. Uh, so that for me, I would love to hear that album again for the first time. How about you? I'm torn because I've had people talk about video games and movies and blah, blah, blah. Last of Us, up there, right? Something that's gone beyond that. So there's two albums in my life that have affected me more than any other album. Uh, one is 10,000 Days by Tool which came out in 2006 and one is the Mars Volta. So, uh, 10,000 days by tool, 
um, I was a senior in high school, and I used to listen to that album on repeat uh, over and over again because I had a class. I had a computer class where we were allowed to just like be by ourselves and just kind of like do our shit. And I would just fucking listen to that album. I wish. I wish. No. No, Mitch. But we would just... Oh, man, dude. I would... That album is very important to me. And um, also the Amputecture album by Marzolta. Uh, that also came out the same year. And uh, I think that speaks to me more than Tool. The Mars Volta album... I like stuff. It's fine, whatever. I like turtles. I like turtles. <laughs> <laughs> I like turtles. I like, no, no. Uh, so Mars Volta, the Amputecture album, uh, is uh, very important to me. It, uh, I don't know what it was in my life. It was chaotic. I was sleeping in my car. I was homeless. And uh, they are super I don't know how to explain it man it's just like I just I connected with their music and uh, um, they had a rhythm and a type of style of music that is not Dude, I'm speaking so PR right now. Like, I don't know. It's just, it's dope music. It's fucking sick. It's dope. It's. I'm going to call the bullshit flag. It's a drug. Okay. We're going to fly that. Thank you. Thank you, Ken. Thank you, Ken. <clears throat> Good job, Ken. Drug. All right. The hey. First time, the first time you hear Marvel's, Mars Volta, it's, it's, you're, you're, you're blown the fuck away because you're just like, oh my God, this is crazy. But it's not. It's actually all the drugs hitting you all at once. I got it. I got it. Here's our next topic. Ken. I want, and I really want to know, because I feel like this has some relevance currently, but also I've actually already asked Mitch this question. And so I and I got an answer that I just was not expecting. And it really yeah. got me excited. That way to be good. That way to be good. I asked Mitch. I asked Mitch one time, when you first got your uh, Subaru, and uh, you first blossomed into a young lesbian. Uh, <laughs> Andrew thinks that's funny. <laughs> um, uh, I asked you what your, what, what conspiracy theory you believe. What's your, what's your conspiracy theory that you... I think we did go further. Oh, that's uh, yeah. a beautiful. Okay, so next episode, join us and ruminations from the red room as we discussed conspiracy theories and which oh, ones yeah. do we subscribe to? Is that what you're saying? That's yeah. exactly what I'm saying. That's hot. That's hot Sunday right now. Shenanigans, conspiracy <laughs> edition. Oh shit, that is hot. That's great. Oh, and there goes a the shot. All right, as we wrap up this episode of Ruminations from the Red Room, and I got people on my camera taking shots, it's a beautiful thing because right now friendship and beauty and really getting in touch with the muse, Dionysus, having those beverages, that's where we are right now. 
Um, it's fantastic. So, from Aurora, Colorado, Mitch Proctor from Ruminations from Red Room. This has been Mitch, Kyle, and Kenny from Tucson in the Red Room. Nigga! <laughs> and <laughs> Andrew, where we got you from? Uh, Michigan. My life is like my video screen, a bunch of spinning and that's it for Ruminations from the Red Room, guys. We love the fact that you bothered to listen. Don't forget to check us out. Rate us and review where you can. And that is it. Let a smile be your umbrella. Do you like that dead Kennedy shirt, man? Is that is that uh, vintage? Uh, no, it's actually uh, it's ruined from. Uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> it's ruined from uh, from from the night we went to go see Black Label. Uh, it's got <laughs> it's got a huge stain of red pizza sauce bar right at the bottom. I'm not even sure why we. Yeah, like I'm not even sure why we like diverged into two different paths. To be honest. Because I just, I don't know, it's kind of spotty with me. I remember seeing that Mm -hmm. band play before, and they were, like, doing, like, sound tests and stuff. Mm -hmm. And then I remember going to the R bar. Yeah, so it was during the break. Yeah, Yeah. and then it gets kind of blurry after that. And I know that we didn't stop at Empire Pizza first, so I don't know where Ken and I went, because we got to drink somewhere else, too. But I don't know where that was. <laughs> it was uh, um, it, we were we were outside, and um, I, I I insisted on smoking a cigarette. <laughs> and that, that's kind of where everything was. Like once you know, like everybody drinks in, and then you smoke a cigarette, and the head starts spinning. You know, like that's when I was like, I think I said I need a burrito or I'm going to die. I mean, Kyle. That's all right. Finally, finally okay. escorted. I guess we found our way to the pizza place, but that was so. The, it. That's where it, uh, so the chunks were not. Ex- that's not an exaggeration. There were chunks blown. Oh, dude! I threw up everywhere. <laughs> dude, it was really. It was a lot. Kind of went like it kind of went slow mo too because we were sitting at a like a. <laughs> we were sitting at a table, and. Uh, he kind of had that like premeditated moment where he realized what he was about to do. And he, like I could see it in his face, but I was too drunk to like respond or react to that facial expression. But I, in retrospect, I knew what it was happening. And he kind of stood up and I was like, yeah, this is going to happen. This is going to happen. And uh, before he could even make it to the trash can, just all over the floor and, yeah, and, uh, good job, man. Good job. That is Black Label fucking comedy hours. I'm, I'm sitting there eating my slice, watching him do it. Like, fuck, that sucks. I was like, I guess we better go. I guess we better. <laughs> the guy, the guy actually came outside very politely and was like, "Well, since you're throwing up, you guys have to go." Oh, that's <laughs> nice, dude. You didn't even okay. hear the rest of uh. What happened to me? So after you kicked me to the curb at the Barnes and Noble, <laughs> I was apparently wandering the streets for like two and a half hours. 
And then uh, Dom eventually found me in some like residential area. <laughs> and I was like, I don't even know where I'm at. I'm just trying to walk home. I'm just trying to walk home. That's all I'm trying to do. And she's like, you're asking the car we're going. So, um, yeah. But she saved my life. So that was pretty cool. That is cool. That's what you need one in a good woman. Yeah. I'm really glad. I'm really glad you guys came out to Black Label Society. One of these days you might see them. I might actually, yeah, hear their music. It will be, uh, be sure to be great. One of these days. One of these days. Man, that's a beautiful story. That warms my heart. I, that's that's when I realized I can't go drink for drink with Mitch. There's just no possible way. I think I, I can. Well, I think I can. But I don't think you were going drink for drink with me. It sounds to me like you continued to drink. I mean, I think after uh, R, I don't think I had any more drinks that I can remember. Oh, we did. Yeah, we did. Did we continue? Yeah, but you guys yeah, did. No, we all drank at, and then we also drank at uh, uh, at the Rialto. We all got, I believe it was Sierra Nevada's. Really? Rialto. Did yeah, I? I, don't, I do not remember that at all. Yeah. 